0: Hey
1: everybody, how's it going? I just want to take a quick second to thank the sponsor of this episode, uh, and that's Sprout Studio. I wish this service had existed 10 years ago when I started my business. They have all the functionality of a CRM in terms of being able to send client questionnaires, proposals, contracts. uh, But they also provide other services for photographers and videographers, such as gallery delivery, scheduling, email marketing campaigns, bookkeeping, customizable templates, and contracts. It's really all you need to run your studio uh, in one service it's really fantastic check out SproutRedo.com slash podcast Uh, make sure you use this specific link it really helps them track their investment (laughs) and and i want them to know you came from here if uh if you end up taking advantage it's sprout redo s-p-r-o-u-t-r-e-d-o.com slash podcast really appreciate their support and uh yeah on to the episode hey sam hey nathan hi what's up (laughs) <laughs> not much. <laughs> Lots uh, changed in your life since our uh, last podcast. I, this I is a landmark episode.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I had a daughter, but I am not think... It, oh, yeah, you know. You know it's you not, I mean, it's not brought like... Brought
1: life into the world.
0: It's not like a huge change. I mean, I'm still here podcasting.
1: That's true. That's true. I I was actually kind of impressed that you were able to <laughs> uh, find the time to do this. So, but you're getting some, some help right now. You're staying with your mom, and uh, is Abby's dad also kind of helping out?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say helping. I would say <laughs> I would say that okay. he's around and talking about random things. Uh but he oh. is uh but yes, he no, he's 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 around too. Yeah, so I had yeah, Abby Abby gave birth to our daughter Sadie um last Sunday and uh-huh. uh the 21st and yeah, dude, she's super cool and and super awesome and very very cute and a little bit small. She's six pounds thirteen yeah. ounces.
1: And, how's your um, uh, how's your sleep situation? Are you feeling low of energy and a little deranged? Or are you doing okay between you? Both?
0: No, we're we're doing okay. The first week was um, was pretty rough. Uh, just kind of trying to figure out what the hell this thing even is and why it's not going to sleep. But we have gotten into a, a a system now where we basically get i mean she has to she has to feed every two hours or or three hours or so even during the middle of the night so basically what ends up happening is we get like an hour and a half to two hours of s- like bursts of sleep but we've been getting like seven eight hours which nice. uh which is fine and um like kind of kind of amazing actually now that I think about it uh, or that that we've been thinking about it, i'm like oh we're actually actually doing okay i mean i feel kind of fine uh right now which is crazy because last night i woke up like four times um to like you know feed the kid and um and everything but yeah i feel 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 pretty good awesome. honestly yeah good Yep, yeah. great people well, have been, been it, it's fact. been really nice like hanging out at my mom's house for right now because she's able to take sadie when we're like might need like a 10-minute a break or like a nap or something mm-hmm. and also just to kind of like do stuff for us because after you have a kid you just the exhaustion is real uh yeah. and we spent the entirety of last week basically eating and sleeping and i was gonna say yeah i would it.
1: imagine like simple things but yet tedious like oh we need to go to the grocery store and get food it's like yes oh yes i have somebody. Who can do that for me? <laughs> That's a huge, huge help, I'm sure. Yep,
0: and uh, it is kind of nice too, though, when I'm able to like be like, "Hey, I'm gonna go and like run some errands." It's actually kind of nice to to get out of the house for a little while, see the outside world, and uh, gather supplies for when we come back. When I come back and and get and then I get to like see Sadie again. Totally. It's like, oh my god, she's really cute. It's awesome. It's kind of like it's it's honestly a lot like having a, a new puppy. Um, and like, when you come home, you're like, oh my God, look at that puppy. Except like times, <laughs> times like yeah, a thousand it's because it's a human. Daughter.
1: Yeah. It's a human. <laughs> you're human. Yeah. My human. Um, yeah. It's well, cool. awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. I got to spend some time with my nephew who's seven months old, uh, last week in Texas. And that was really great. He's in a, what do they call it? A like potted planter mode potted plant mode where the baby you know before they can crawl once they start moving on their own it seems like that's when gets way more crazy because you constantly have to be like grabbing them and watching them and stuff like that so um everything i've heard is just like enjoy this
0: (laughs) period of time
1: for as much as you can yeah and uh, yeah he was he was a joy to be around and also a really easy baby i don't think i heard him cry once which is amazing cool um yeah are you enjoying
0: being an uncle
1: yeah, that's fine. It'll be better when he can like remember me and talk. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's fun. You know, it's, it's kind of weird to be in a house that has a baby because you find that some people might say this is a negative. Some people, I think I, I was seeing it more as a positive. There's like never really a boring moment. Oh, yeah. Cause it's like, you always have something to do related to the kid. I don't know how that impacts like when you actually have a task that, that you need mm. to get done, like work related or something. It probably works against you pretty, uh, pretty heavily. But in the moment of just like visiting and hanging out, it was like, man, when he went to sleep, it's like, can we wake him up again? Cause it's just, like nothing to do. other than watch TV. That's, that's not as fun. So yeah, it was yeah. an interesting experience, but
0: I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking at in the next few weeks, and months i guess how to organize my day in such a way that i will actually be able to do anything because i'm looking i'm looking at my like action items list of stuff to do and i'm realizing that the <clears throat>
1: nothing's amount, changed in a week so the amount of time
0: that I, that i have to actually do things uh is definitely less um it's that um, was uh,
1: when I talked with Ben, He was that that was he said he said something along those lines. Uh, very, very similar. Uh, just it's it, life exactly the same, but you just have way less time. So instead, like when I used to have eight hours in a work day to get stuff done, now I only have two. So I right. have to be like, I still have time to get stuff done. Yep. It's just super uh, like compressed into I think, you know, less flexibility in your life, which makes a lot of sense when you've got another human to care for. So, yeah. Uh, It's definitely, I guess, and start like tackling that problem head on. Don't let that crap start adding up so that you kind of collapse under the the weight and you have to declare like a task (laughs) list bankruptcy or something.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, guys, I I can't do anything. No, I, I think it's fine. I think Abby is also the type of partner that is like very committed to you know, allowing me to do what I have to do in my, in the work day. And she also is like bonding, like crazy with, with Sadie, which is fun to watch, but she's just like, she just loves just holding her. That's uh, amazing. so it's, and I do too, but it's like really nice to be able to like, Hey, say, okay, here's all right. Let me hang on to Sadie for like a little while. Okay. Now you hang on to Sadie for a little while. I need to go work on star wagon or like, I need to, <laughs> or like I <laughs> yeah. need to, uh, which is a whole other can of worms. Oh, <laughs> I, Yeah or or like i need to like crank out a blog post or whatever it's like you know yeah. i i i think it's i think it's going to be good it's already feeling like she's integrating
1: well with Getting her in your flow awesome days. yeah i guess the the next big thing will just be when you uh return to shooting regular regular weddings right. or weddings on the regular i should say if and when that ever returns that, to, when that goes. happens i think that'll probably swing around the the early summer honestly yeah me too. and then when abby you know yeah you, know, you guys and you guys have to move yeah so much going on in your life
0: a lot, lot going um, on but it's yeah. gonna be cool um it's gonna be fine Dude,
1: I sent you a text message. Yes, uh, I'm looking at it now. Have you seen the new DJI FPV?
0: I have seen ads for it, and I've heard that it's like a game changer, but I'm not sure
1: how. I just ordered one. What it okay. is? It's 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 a, a drone, okay. a brand new dedicated drone that has a specially paired and designed to to come with it a pair of basically like VR goggles. So you get if you watch the video I sent you, you get a you fly the drone through the goggles. No longer do you, like, look up in the air and look at the drone and, like, see where it's going and then look down at your screen. You literally put these VR goggles on, even though it's not VR. It's just, like, a direct perspective of the drone camera on Mm -hmm. your eyes. And you fly like you're flying, like if you were in the drone from that perspective. Um, (laughs) It looks crazy cool.
0: What? Dude, this looks amazing
1: a little too amazing, like there's got to be some catch. I'm guessing it's really, I don't know. I was thinking maybe it's really difficult to fly, but honestly, I bet it's way easier because now you, because like when you're flying the drone that that exists now, and I'm not an expert by any means, I'm sure there's plenty of people listening here that have flown more than me or, or you. Uh, you know, you, you have to kind of balance between looking at your screen and then looking up at the drone and looking at your screen. And I don't know, you just, it's fine. It's super fun, but this seems like it literally puts you in well, it doesn't seem like it, it literally puts you in the, you're in the drone perspective yeah
0: oh my god but, i want one of these
1: and i think that would that would make for a much easier to control experience because you always have like a grounded relative sense of your left and your right your up and you're down like mm-hmm. all those things are, oh, are totally. grounded to your perspective from the camera directly always so it's pretty crazy <laughs> super excited Dude, the problem so is cool. for me i, I never uh, bring my drone anywhere whenever i'm somewhere cool it's such a pain to pack so i don't i haven't looked into exactly the size of this thing yeah i wonder how what it's gonna be it like to like carry at the end of the day i just have like no use for video uh, right. <laughs> but, um, you know, as an experience, that's where I think this could be m- way more fun than like a regular drone that's kind of fun to fly around, but it only really, you'd only use it a lot if you like had a need for this video mm-hmm. for like, you know, as a videographer for weddings and stuff like that. But this seems like, yeah, you could hit record if you want, but also it's just freaking just fun. Just fly to, like, it. <laughs> yeah. Fly, yeah. so and, and, oh, anyway, my God. It's, I think, 1200 bucks, so it's not cheap, but no. it looks... uh looks like he said game-changing and it's got like a cool joystick uh as well that i, I think like is the new. joystick i don't know yeah. if they had that with other other controllers but again it all sort of feels like a, a merging of the vr experience with a real life uh drones yeah, I- are freaking me out though i keep watching yeah. what was i watching it was a, a newer like set in the future netflix show that um it was about, oh, 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 it was called Travelers, I think. It has a bunch of really well-known actors, so I was like, all right, I'll try it. And it's not that high quality a show, but it was set in the near future, sort of dystopian, like the world is split up against uh, or, or cut into a bunch of cities or like having to be walled in for some sort of protection. I, I don't know. Really, but they have these drones that the police force uses. It actually reminded me of the, you know, those um, Boston robotics, like, yeah four-legged creatures mm-hmm. those are starting to be apparently utilized and deployed by police forces in cities to um help just like navigate to crime-ridden neighborhoods and i'm like oh uh, yeah okay that's if that's already insane. happening then drones are 100 percent coming oh yeah, yeah and how sure. freaky is that like right now if a cop pulled up to where you live in front of your house and like you know you might look out your window see what's going on and you know it's Kind of like, huh, I wonder why there's a cop there. But, you know, they probably move on and they just go on their merry way. You don't really think that much about it other than, like, oh, I hope everybody's okay. You know, what's the situation? But with drones being able to be, like, remotely controlled by, like, a a central command center – it seems to me that they could start, like, regular patrols where they're just, like, this ever-present thing in our lives that also, like, fly enough overhead that they are, like, technically over your property, but you don't see them. Like, there seems like there's so much potential for, um, like, sketchy invasion of, of privacy, I guess. That, oh, absolutely. I don't know, man. It seems like we're spiraling toward this, this really crazy existence that I, makes me very uncomfortable. Well, I'd <laughs> love about, to see them start banning this, start right. putting regulations in place to like kind of set the tone of what it's going to be like to have drones flying around neighborhoods, you know, for police forces or whatever.
0: I think that's exactly what needs to happen. Uh, I think governments, unfortunately, well, governments need to step in and say, these are the rules for um, flying drones and using robots and using AI in our um you know in our governance or whatever in our in our country yeah. unfortunately they're also the ones that are most susceptible to abusing that the the you know the technology i think yeah. that well here's the question what is the premise of every ai movie set in the future it the is the drones
1: take over and turn against us
0: <laughs> right it's because we haven't thought through the implicate implications of what we have created enough. It's, it's Jurassic park. Really every, every movie in the set in the future about AI is Jurassic park. We did, we did things without, you know, thinking that we could do them without thinking whether or not we should do them. And 100%. that is the implicate dude. I think I just thinking about like these, you know, a, a um, like a four-legged, fast robot patrolling the streets as a yeah. Police. I'm just trying to absolutely. imagine it right now. Like insane. okay,
1: again, a cop drives down my road. I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. Uh, you know, everybody's okay. But if I saw unmanned, remote-controlled little four-legged creature, or even something on wheels that was remotely controlled, oh yeah, fly down my street, I would say, get that thing the fuck out of here. Yeah, I don't absolutely. want that in my get the hell out of here. That's Skynet. I want a human. That's Terminator like, too. A, a, yeah. I want a human that's attached, like an accountable human being that is attached to the device. Like they can ride on a little, little motorized robotic Robot dog horse. or bring them with them in their cars. But as soon as these things are starting to be, because there's this like layer of people are anonymized when they're oh,
0: absolutely. Of like course. being
1: controlled remote. remotely. Like that's, well,
0: that's the whole reason they put police body cameras on on people is because they, because police were acting completely
1: autonomously directly accountable to an actual human. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Even if there is a, a singular human operating, you know, this remote thing that you might see walking down your street to patrol your neighborhood or whatever, for whatever reason, it, it's still like, too right. fun- now, if there was to. a way for every single person to tap in and see in real time, like, oh, who is this person controlling this thing, whatever, uh, that maybe starts to alleviate the problem, maybe. but it's it's crazy to think about. It's incredibly uncomfortable, and uh, I worry that like everything, it's going to be a slow encroachment to the point where you wake up one day and it's just normal and you just feel like kind of like, uh, you know, privacy on the internet in the way that we're being tracked with ads. It's been like a decades long unrolling of like, oh, well, yeah, Facebook's like, of course we should be able to track you from app to app. To, uh, browser to browser like that's everybody's like well this is totally normal this is the way we get ads that actually uh, we want to see it's like N- no, no wait a second no. <laughs> uh, like yeah if this blinked into existence out of nowhere nobody would uh, opt in no way to this kind of thing so anyway
0: yeah and i mean it's no it's no secret that our phones are like listening to us i mean how many times have you like been talking about something completely random only to have an ad for that exact Thing pop up on your phone oh yeah and that's happened to me a bunch of times and i'm uh,
1: i did just see this morning actually google apparently uh, proactively announced that they are going to stop targeting you based on your browsing history okay uh, i'm sure it's not that cut and dry in black and white but um i'll find the article stop but uh you know i think it's probably them trying to proactively. Uh, yeah, Google plans to stop selling ads based on a person's browsing history and will no longer use ad tools that track individuals across websites. That seems crazy to me that they're willing to do that. They must that. have something better than One of two things is happening here. One, they're seeing what's happening to Facebook via Apple, mm-hmm. like saying Facebook uh, apps are going to have to have everybody opt in if they want mm-hmm. to be tracked. And Google's like, oh, we don't want to have to deal with that. Okay, so they're maybe. just stopping that you know ahead sure. of time two they they they're afraid of like uh you know being regulated by yep. the government uh by by staying you know in this space for too long or exploiting it for too long or whatever so they're on their own terms starting to roll things back so that they don't get regulated mm-hmm. or three they've figured out ways to track you using other yeah. metrics that don't matter uh, related to your browsing and
0: history probably are more or, efficient uh, somehow. Uh, tools
1: um, exactly. Which, like, they, they probably figured out something totally different that, uh, you know, the mainstream population just doesn't care about or isn't aware of uh, to, to satisfy that. Yeah. You know.
0: yeah, it sounds to me, I mean, you know me, but I think that third adoption sounds like the most likely.
1: Yeah, <laughs> me too. I mean, there is something to be said for, like, hey, you know, it's nice to see ads that I actually might sure. be interested in, but it, not at the cost of Google reading my right. emails, you know, and tracking everything to existence but so it's uh
0: let's um let's continue on this conversation about worrying technology with something that you sent me earlier uh, this week. Oh, uh, deep fakes,
1: the Tom Cruise deep fakes that have gone viral via, I guess a TikTok account. I don't use TikTok, but I guess that's the account that I, I think now has been shut down uh, because it got famous enough that I would imagine Tom Cruise and his, uh, you know, estate <laughs> or whatever, shut it down. Like no. you can't just go around saying, Hey, I'm Tom Cruise and making deep fakes, having him do things as innocent as, they are like that. That can't be a thing, but it, it definitely, we've talked about this before on the podcast. This is the first of many, I'm sure countless instances where deep fakes are good enough now that, uh, people are going to start to use them in ways. I don't know. You can literally do this stuff on an app and it actually like looks better than a lot of these movies where we've seen them try and essentially do deep fakes of, you know, the characters yeah, in like Star Wars, Star Wars yeah. and, and whatnot. Uh, it's like, it looks as good through an app now, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, absolutely crazy. And uh, yeah, anyone can do this with any person. What are the implications of that as a photographer?
0: Well, we've, again, uh, we've, we have sort of talked about it, but it's worth kind of talking about it more. The fact is that if if you're able to put anyone's face on anyone's body, and you can just do this with an app right now. I mean, i've I've seen a lot of these, especially the 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 Tom Cruise ones. Like they are, they're flawless. Like if if they were able to get a voice actor that was sound sounded just like Tom Cruise, or as we've mentioned in the podcast previously, like an audio uh, editor that can that can replicate you know Tom Cruise's voice, you can have him do anything. The implications of that on the general populace are like anybody can steal your identity and make you do anything they want and make it convincingly real to the point
1: yeah right it's it's terrifying it's terrifying i i think that we have enjoyed a solid 10 15 years now of being able to operate coming from with the underlying assumption that it's okay to post these photos unless they your clients proactively say otherwise. And I think eventually it's going to change to where actually the underlying operating assumption is you can't and shouldn't post people's faces publicly on the internet without their explicit permission, which totally changes the amount of money involved in working with a client, yep. uh, the basically everything about how we operate as a business. The only thing, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday when we were like, let's get on the podcast and talk about it. I, I thought about it more yesterday. And as still photographers, I don't know. I don't know that it's that dire a situation mm-hmm. because uh, singular still frames are always ahead of the curve in terms of how things are manipulated because it's fundamentally easier than trying to get it done in right. video. And people have forever been able, to, if they wanted to, take a photo and Photoshop it onto sure. another still photo in whatever circumstance that they want. So I don't think it's tough to know, like. If it's really going to matter, but I, I do think eventually, over time, it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, people growing up now, and and you know, enough of society will just have the again underlying assumption that like you took a picture of me, like no, 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 no. you need to ask me for permission to do anything with that. I think that'll potentially eventually change. I don't know. But maybe not. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe kids are so comfortable yeah. with the internet now growing up that they just literally don't care no matter what is done with their
0: content. It's well, it's kind near. of going along with the advertising thing we were just talking about. I mean, at this point, it's kind of a given that your identity can be used to target ads to you can be used to sell things to you can be used to call you. I mean, how many, how many robo calls do you get a day? I get a lot. Oh, and yeah. Five, it's, six. and that's all related to people selling our information against our will. So I think that, you know, kids now Sadie's being, born into like a a society where that's just kind of a given and unless there's some kind of massive government intervention to change that i don't see that that changing really and i really kind of see companies trying to push i mean you can see like facebook is trying to push their limits they're trying to they're trying to be like well no actually we can do all this stuff and like we can you know it's not illegal like we can do this and this and this and and unless people are unless the entire general populace is like paying extremely close attention to like government hearings like i don't think that they are going to um fundamentally understand how much our data is like being used by people anyone to do anything and so i don't know in terms of actual practical applications for wedding photographers i don't know i that's kind of why i think maybe in the future you know let's say when sadie's getting married like 20 years from now i don't know I, i think she would still be probably fine with like whatever is being posted
1: it wouldn't shock me yeah. if if another approach to this is is not just a shift in the baseline assumption that you need to ask for permission before posting any photos of people but um social networks maybe become more closed down and private so you know right if you had yeah. an instagram or whatever like yeah you might post stuff all the time but it's only to people who you've let in right now most social networks are You know, operate from the assumption that you want your content to be public. And yeah, you can privatize it if you want, but it wouldn't shock me at all if social, a new network pops up that has sort of, um, I mean, if you think about it, iPhotos, do you share um, any photos in like a stream that? you you maintain on iPhotos because my sister does with her kid she it's you know like a dozen different family members right. are on this shared iPhoto mm-hmm. stream and it's like it's its own little it's social perfect. network it's That's like instagram it, but for in sure, iPhoto. For kids, and it's totally locked down and as far as you know obviously it's because one apple chose to to make the app sort of function in that way but two just it yeah, there is no social web uh, component that somebody can like tap into and exploit or see unless they were explicitly invited.
0: Right. My cousin Daniel, he he does that too where he set up a um an iPhoto account, like shared iPhoto account for his kid Thomas. I'm like this is exactly what I need because I want I want like my my Thomas feed like I care about Thomas because he's part of my family and I don't give a crap about really almost any other people's kids in the world right now and I and I fundamentally recognize <laughs> that like nobody would care if I post. like I would start losing followers if I was posting was like Sadie photos no matter how cute she is yeah um no. like I think and so i'm like oh this is exactly what i've wanted for a long time when as soon as that thing was shared with me i was like this is this is great because this way the people that care about this content get it and everyone else who doesn't care is not subjected to it and you know forced to like unfollow because they've just automatically been like grandfathered into like some crazy person's Feed of their kid throwing sand at the ocean.
1: Exactly. And I think Apple honestly needs to lean into this a little bit more. Just the idea of like using the iPhotos app specifically for sharing photos in a way that is not publicly Mm -hmm. manipulated or or accessible or like the again i think you can somehow make these shared albums and and shared iPhoto streams public if you wanted but it's like work to do that and so it's it's mostly contained to exactly the people that you've invited that you have directly in your contact list and all that kind of stuff and you can like and comment and do all the same interactions as you'd want to do on something like instagram again it's it's however but the problem is (laughs) yeah go ahead the, the, by the very nature of what it is you aren't going to have any success commercially with right. like your really good photos of your kid <laughs> or something like that because nobody's going to see
0: them. right and and uh, it would be you know, tough know, to try to come up with a paid model of like hey join our like imagine you had a um, social network let's call it face bulk face bulk um and it was paid you had to pay five bucks a month uh, to access it but in return they were, you're not going to see any ads of any kind and it's I guess like exclusive or something I don't know I mean I'm thinking like maybe there's maybe there's yeah. room out there for a paid social networking app I feel like every social network that's come up uh, to challenge things like Facebook or Instagram or well Instagram kind of was a challenger to Facebook and then Facebook gobbled it I, I mean <laughs> you've got to think like wh- what was that what was that social network i completely have forgotten it's like a four-letter word enzo elo elo
1: clubhouse oh oh,
0: right elo yeah. um i i was really mm-hmm. intrigued by elo for a while It's kind of like a hybrid between facebook and like tumblr or something it was like very minimalist and i liked it but it never it was took great. off the
1: problem yeah the, the problem is you have to like recreate your social graph from scratch with all of these kinds of apps and clubhouse has done a fantastic Mm -hmm. job of balancing like invite only sort of FOMO vibe with tapping into contacts with phone numbers you only have on your phone and and then also having a sponsor so like Clubhouse is very smart about how they roll these out I don't know if you've been on it much I I, it's kind of not that interesting to me. It it all feels like one giant zoom meeting. I know Mm -hmm. we talked about it before. Um, And that, that has maintained like every time I hop on there, I'm like, there's literally nothing I'm interested in hearing about on this app, but a lot of people love it. And it, it seems to be sticking around their, their idea of having a sponsor that, Essentially you're incentivized to invite other people because if anybody you add to the platform via your invite code, you are permanently listed in their profile as the sponsor mm-hmm. for them getting there. That that has a lot of incentives yeah, really cool. uh, just for yeah i mean they were really 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 smart about how it's like
0: kind of creating like a family tree
1: of like yeah i don't know exactly and it adds a weight of legitimacy to every person because now you're sort of the responsible party as the sponsor for this person coming on the network for them being on the network and being a real human and not like a bot or a crazy person or whatever there's some degree of of uh, there's, it's thin, but there's a layer of accountability there. Uh, yeah, with like real life people, and not just anybody can sign up. And I think Clubhouse is likely to stay invite only for that yeah. exact reason, compared to every other social media app where um, anybody can make as many accounts as they want with you know any degree of anonymity. It's fascinating, but uh, yeah, I think Apple should lean into their iPhotos stream more and sort of like market it as a privatized. Social Dude, they network
0: could totally that take you already have. Yeah, on your they phone could take Facebook could, over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, they really could. Uh, they just it's it's still sort of glitchy and confusing in a lot of ways. Like I'm on iPhoto right now and I'm trying to find. The shared album i know i have shared with me of my nephew and i i can't find it or it says there's like a weird set it's like this this is a problem apple needs to get on this crap share photos and videos start sharing you have to go to settings in icloud okay shared albums turn them on boom okay i don't know why it was turned off Sure. Anyway, i thought albums. it has been sort of a they, they did an entire overall of the app and it was fine but they they still kind of broke a bunch of crap in the process i think from the original, and I think they keep trying to lean into. I don't know if you've tried to edit any photos recently with the iPhotos app, but it's not very elegant, but it is very rich with features uh, in terms of like professional settings to be able to adjust things. Now. That's cool. If you go into any photo to edit, it's you got like the full spectrum of uh, tone curve, vibrance, saturation, shadows, like every single slider you could ever want. Um, Seems like they took a lot of components from Aperture and shoved them into uh, iPhone. Oh uh, man,
0: I, I miss Aperture sometimes.
1: The, exp- the the features are there. The experience yeah. is poor still.
0: <laughs> I remember that's that's the first uh, first photo editing I ever really did was with
1: um, yeah Aperture. Too. Me too. It's crazy. Like, but there's still basics. Like, you can't save your own. They have filters as settings mm-hmm. uh, uh, that you can tap into, like presets. Basically, they just call them filters. You, and there's like a dozen of them, but you can't save your own. Huh? It's like what? You could copy settings from one photo and paste them onto another, but you can't save it as its own filter in the list of filters. It's like basic stuff like that, at least as far as professionals go, that it's like a non-starter still. But I don't know. Apple's all over the place with with a lot of their uh, (laughs) software. But again, I think there's so much potential for them to just like crush Facebook if they really wanted to. Uh, And Actually, it seems like they kind of want to. (laughs) <laughs> with the have you seen the pop-up yet have you updated your phone and see the pop-up uh that supposedly is coming where it's like do you want to be tracked
0: by oh, facebook or not no i haven't i have okay. updated though. oh maybe
1: we haven't talked about this that is supposed to be coming they've huh. had it on the uh on the radar for for facebook to to deal with and, and get ready for for like the past six months or so since last september i think they announced it and ever since it's been a huge point of controversy and back and forth and, and a lot of tech Uh, podcasts and blogs that I see and Facebook's taking out like full page ads and newspapers and stuff to try and like get people to uh, rally against Apple doing this. But the idea is that eventually after some update coming at some point any day now, when you open Facebook, it'll say... Uh, for, for once at least, I don't, it's not going to be every time you open it, but do you, essentially I'm sure they're going to have to, they're uh, going to try and trick you with yeah. the language, but essentially it's going to ask you, do you want to allow us to track you? I think I have seen purposes? this pop
0: up. Yes. I have seen this pop up on my, yeah. um, on my iPhone. Yeah. And it's, uh, go. it's kind of wild. So it's, yeah. it's
1: out. Yeah. And it, I mean, every, I don't, I think I saw it the other day and I think they're, they've changed the language enough that it's, it seems like you want to push mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> uh at least from what i saw i just kind of ignored it i i it's personally i don't really mind it but i, I think uh, uh, as far as society goes you yeah. shouldn't uh yeah. let them track you um anyway yeah that's that's the thing they're they're really trying to shut facebook down uh, apple is directly uh creating friction between their ability to track between one app and the other and this is cool crazy. have you been following this whole like nft uh, thing which thing nft Wait. Okay. Yeah. You've probably been busy. It's really blown up in the last week. It's related to crypto. It's called a non fungible oh, okay. token, NFT. So uh, this is totally That's changing fine. our topic. Uh, do we ever have? Do we have topics anymore? Not really. No. But there's this relates to photography and in art in general. Uh, it's kind of crazy how quickly it's blown up. Literally in the past week. So an NFT is uh, basically like a crypto coin. In, in some ways that allows you to attach a digital file, whether it be a GIF, a JPEG, songs, memes, uh, anything digital, specifically to a coin on a, a blockchain. Okay. So here it The process of turning your work into an NFT is known as minting, which refers to the act of creating a new coin on the blockchain that will forever be attached to that content. When an artist mints a new NFT, they attach a built-in commission, usually 10 to 30%, that they will receive any time the work is resold in the future. So these these marketplaces are being built for artists to be able to say, hey, I created this me, literally like a meme. Like, oh my God, mm-hmm. why does that matter? But people value yep. memes apparently. But uh, more traditionally, like a portrait or a painting or any type of art saying, hey, this is my art. I'm the original creator. I am adding the original file, uh, the, the main reference file. Yeah, it can be duplicated a million times or whatever, but th- this is the file as it exists on the blockchain that is original to its and
0: It's kind creator. of like its own little timestamp signature.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, in a, a lot of ways, but it's just stored on okay. uh, blockchain. Uh, and then, which can be, you know, publicly yeah. verified and basically secured as a place of like an original source. And then what they do is they sell it on uh, an auction open market. There's a bunch of them, uh, and they're rapidly, uh, exploding. Uh, there's a bunch of different marketplaces where you can basically list this NFT on an auction. You as the artist can attach a commission and then people buy and, and resell these digital pieces of art. Uh, that is now inherently tied to uh, value based on the fact that the artist that created it said this is the original thing and they'll often release and explicitly say this is the only NFT for this right. file I'm not going to make like a, any more than this. This is it. And that also creates inherent mm-hmm. scarcity and stuff. The funny thing about this concept is that it's still able to be you know, copied a billion times. Um, it's just the psychology now can sort of be sure. changed. Uh, behind it's like having in
0: a ha- having the, like a, a signature on your on your painting i mean anybody can copy the signature yes but the actual
1: the actual original artist one that does made it exactly physically that. exist
0: yeah. now as a blockchain yep or is like a footnote yep. to and, a blockchain uh, or something
1: blown up i mean super famous memes <laughs> that i don't understand uh have sold for you know the uh, one it's like this rainbow cat sold for six hundred thousand dollars uh yeah, it's just a GIF of a cat, but it went viral. I'll send it to you. It went viral at some point. I mean, literally, I just sent you the file, uh, but it's it's worthless, Whoa. you know, in our iMessage thread because it's just a copy of it. But the somebody bought the original GIF that the original I artist like- made for six hundred dollars I feel like I'm looking at a Picasso. And then that artist, that art, or well, you're looking at, you know, a copy of a Picasso. So you're looking at essentially what would be, you know, any Picasso painting or any painting from any artist in like your, your textbook at school, right? You're seeing the copy. Everyone knows it's worthless other than mm-hmm. what you paid for the book. But the, you know, actual, original source file um somebody bought for 600 grand and now artists are able to again using these marketplaces that have started to be built uh, attach commissions so that they're able to profit on these things being resold ongoing in the future that is really kind of crazy uh musicians are starting to tap into this too i've seen a lot of like more of the dj sort of digitally oriented musicians uh selling things um through an NFT marketplace, songs basically, and again, they're not selling like the rights to the songs. They're selling uh, s- like this. I don't know how musicians are framing it. I, I don't know how that makes sense, <laughs> <laughs> but somehow musicians are also profiting. Uh, they're they're selling basically like, limited release. Tracks That's really and cool, things like this. So, and, yeah, it's crazy, but it's all built off cryptocurrency. You need Ethereum to be able to uh, pay the fees associated with turning your content into Interesting. an NFT. Uh, it's usually, I think it's like 30 to a hundred bucks or something like that to get it listed on the marketplace. The biggest marketplace, if anybody is curious, that has the most intuitive kind of user interface is called okay. wearable, yeah. R-A-R-I-B-L-E. And, you know, as photographers, anybody listening here or certainly you and you and I, uh, we should keep uh, our ears to the ground for this kind of stuff because if it truly picks up in a mainstream commercial way, it might be a new avenue for for actually creating...
0: Um, profit yeah, and, I mean, and
1: revenue from our actual work yeah. because we can attach it digitally now to a singular source. Somebody wants to buy a photo that you made and it's the only copy that is deemed the original source from you on an NFT via the blockchain. You know, it could be worth a lot more than just selling prints or just selling a digital That's copy.
0: true. I mean, you could, <laughs> I don't pretty know. Crazy. You could sa- sell like really simple stuff like some really nice landscape shots or something like that and just have them for sale. And it's very interesting. I need to look into this.
1: Who knows though. I I think other things like this have existed before and sort of crashed in terms of the marketplace and the overall value, because it's tough, man, the digital world, everything is, it's just bits. So it's infinitely able to be copied and, uh, you know, it's crazy, but maybe something like blockchain could be used to start combating uh, to bring this full circle, something like a deep fake, where it's like if something is created and put out on, onto the internet, but it doesn't have essentially a fingerprint from its source that can be verified through something like an NFT or, you know, on, the, on a piece of block, on, on a blockchain, um, Well, uh, you know, maybe that provides an avenue dude. for authenticating like, Oh, is this, is this a real video or a fake? I'm list? starting. Well, Basically.
0: now that you're and mentioning it, it's, I kind of feel like, in the next few years it makes sense to me given the deep fake uh situation that we're in which is trouble i mean it's troubling honestly in terms of like in terms of privacy it's troubling mm-hmm. the idea of attaching a blockchain footprint to every single bit of digital content that is produced sounds to me like the right way to go um totally agreed and i'm starting to feel like maybe finding a way to finding a way to um create a digital fingerprint uh for any piece of digital currency of any kind any piece of digital content i mean that would be a trillion dollar industry probably uh, maybe a trillion dollar maybe. idea. I,
1: I'm still not totally sure how any of this like warrants a particular coin, like crypto coin to be worth any, anything different than right. what it's worth today. Like it's, it seems like the, the network and the, the function of crypto can still operate without crypto needing to be valuable. Be inherently yeah. Valuable. It, it does kind yeah. of,
0: the more that I think about crypto, especially with all of the GME shenanigans that have been going on, like I just feel like the the fact that we're starting to realize, you know, stock like money and stock and things they have they have physical things attached to them. You've you've talked to the, about this at ad, ad nauseum on the podcast, but the fact that crypto doesn't have any real thing backing it up is a is kind of a problem. But I think it maybe maybe that's maybe it's just like this is the price. Like I I guess. I guess what I'm trying to say is like it's frustrating that crypto and it's strange to me that crypto costs a- anything like or that like any particular thing like I don't know why it's changing. I don't get why it needs to be tr- why coins need to be traded. Yeah, it's just agreed. strange.
1: At, at the end of the day, it's it's all if you're a real believer in crypto as a technology, it actually makes no sense whatsoever to relate right. it back to the U.S. dollar. It can't because if that's the sort of fundamental tie to the value, then it's yeah, never the gonna, it's never going to work. It needs to stay in its own. So that's why a lot of traders only trade against uh, right. Bitcoin, is sort of like the basically the underlying currency of what um, everything else is traded against. They they literally don't even pay attention to, or try not to between the value of Ethereum versus the US dollar. They only pay attention to the value of Ethereum against the value of Bitcoin at any given moment and trade against that. And Anyway, it doesn't really matter. We don't have to get all into crypto stuff again, but it's interesting that this new idea is starting to leverage crypto in a way that is detached from crypto needing to be inherently, like the price of Ethereum does change the amount that you would pay for an NFT, like the number of Ethereum, but it doesn't, It's all sort of its own Mm self-contained thing. Uh, Yeah, it it ties back to a U.S. dollar value if you want it to, if you want to completely... Convert your your ETH, mm-hmm. ETH, sorry, back to US dollars, but it doesn't matter anyway. It's own it's its own self contained marketplace that's um, built around everything crypto. It's kind of kind of yeah. intense, um, and you know the more the quote render economy becomes relevant and all that matters to people in their lives, uh, the more this kind of stuff seems like it would take mm-hmm. take hold. Like people may literally may not care if they have only fifty US dollars in their bank because they've got, you know a thousand eth that they can buy a bunch of pieces of art or whatever else they sell photos and stuff with like it's kind of crazy
0: layers of like everything's yeah it's like layers of gaming of the system (laughs) like okay you've got dollars then you've got coins then you've got it then you've got like crypto and now you've got nfts yeah you could just keep going deeper and sell parts of i don't know parts of blockchains or something like i don't know this is the like third yeah. of, like 670,000 blockchain letters, and I own it. Like You're like, okay.
1: It'll be interesting. Right now, they sell like pieces of art. You can buy actual games. You can buy domain names, uh, memes, which I still think is so weird. I'd love like, to buy a meme. Uh, who cares about I want to buy a meme.
0: meme. <laughs> I got some Ethereum. Yeah, I can buy a but meme. But like,
1: for $600,000, like, anyway, I guess that's just somebody who's so rich that they... It doesn't matter to them uh, what the cost is, but it's very strange to me. Uh, anyway, it's an interesting world worth uh, keeping on your radar as a creator of anything digital uh, photographers included. I don't know how this relates to uh, portraits of wedding clients, but you know, So,
0: you okay, know. wait. So, all right, let's, let's look at one of these guys and, and or anarchy X. Okay. He's got his little Bitcoin. He's got his little blockchain um, and his, um, her it's about me info says anarchy x combines DeFi and esports gaming for users to compete purchase and stake unique F- nfts and win valuable rewards this person is apparently yes yeah, selling a bunch of like random stuff and he's making 72 ethereum
1: et ethereum yeah 73 ethereum uh over 100 grand in one day yeah
0: I don't know. I don't don't get it either. I don't get it.
1: The other thing is like, what's the stop somebody from uh, creating an NFT using a copy of a file and just claiming themselves as the source. Yeah. That's, that's also weird. Like how do you establish provenance or whatever they call it in the art world, like a pathway back to the original creator? Uh, I don't know how that's verified. That seems weird. Maybe you need to get it on there as soon as it's made uh and so they can always point back to well this is the earliest occurrence of it on a blockchain uh, as an Mm -hmm. nft existing i I don't know how you establish that you're like the original creator and not just somebody who decided to create an nft using a copy so it's it's strange but (laughs) i'm sure that's actually worked out at this point otherwise these things wouldn't be selling for half a million dollars hopefully
0: (laughs) this is so strange dude scrolling these these commodities on here is like kind of breaking my mind they're ridiculous I'm just what like looking at, at like what just just scrolling through what's available on the nft market For and sale. I'm seeing like yeah, a right like a, a, a piece of art, I guess of this uh do, okay, it looks like a guy with a big green beard and the current bid is three point zero seven ethereum, which is four thousand nine hundred and two dollars uh and I'm yeah. just kind of looking at it and I'm like, okay,
1: again. But for people that have been believers in crypto and had Ethereum forever, uh, the, you can think about it as U.S. dollars, but they're thinking about it as Ethereum. Right. And and so they may have a wallet of sure, you know, several sure. thousand Ethereum. That's true. And, uh, and that's not mu- much to them. I mean, you're still thinking of it as being rele- related right. to the U.S. dollar. But as far as the relative value of Ethereum goes, for people that have been in the crypto space for a decade now, right. that's like nothing. It's just bizarro this
0: is crazy uh um yeah this is this is bizarre i i've i'm i'm very very intrigued right now
1: uh the thing i want to know is I, I have to imagine the reason people are actually able to make mind-breaking amounts of money is there's probably really established like influencer type of mm-hmm. people so i doubt that you can just create a random gif of something pop it on there and make like 500 bucks you need to have some i'm guessing an account that has like had a few really high value items for whatever reason just because you're a known artist or a you know mm-hmm. I, I yeah know. i
0: don't i don't know how
1: this works but it's blown up in the mainstream in the past week or so in a big big way um yeah so i think you'll probably start to hear more about it and uh keep your ear to the ground keep browsing there's another one actually uh so rarible i think is the best interfaced for uh, creating kind of clean, selling your own stuff in a way that's really easy and clean but there are other marketplaces, here's one I'll send you it's called Super Rare <laughs> it's more of a, if Visco made a marketplace for this, it's much more tasteful in its uh, typeface and design and the way you navigate you have to apply through a curated uh, apparently curated um, portal to, to submit, mm, they don't just let anybody I submit like this. and it's a little bit like higher end in it's in its vibe so it, and it's its own little digital market uh it's kind of cool and they've got curators that issue their top picks and i yeah, like this this is stuff, very cool but
0: yeah well um what do you got going on this week have you been doing ha- so ha- well, let's let's talk photography real quick while we've got a couple of minutes left what's uh what's the most recent uh photo shoot you did
1: yeah i just got back from new york i did a uh, wedding a second shot of wedding cool. with nessa that was really fun and uh I had an engagement session before that i've got nothing on my radar till next weekend i've got a uh like four hour elopement something like that and then a vegas wedding after that the next weekend so stuff's yep. starting to ramp up a little bit but it's still slow slow going getting lots of inquiries and people seem to really be sort of I, i'd be surprised if i book much more uh Maybe I'll get a few more this yeah, fall. Maybe. I don't know if you've been getting any inquiries, but I think most people are just sort of eyeing 2022 is the the main thing at this yeah. point, which is fine with me. Um, I've had a few cancellations outright for May, which sucks, uh, this year. I honestly think people are jumping the gun a little bit with that from everything I can tell with the uh, trend mm-hmm. lines of COVID numbers, the vaccine being ramped up. I think we've only just started to see the effects of the vaccine as it has un- I mean, it rolled out now, uh, impacting the, the numbers. I, I think I wouldn't be shocked to see venues and places opening up to 50, 75 percent, maybe 100 percent capacity in most states by the spring. I, I really am. It's possible. To, now, not that people will be able to not wear masks, although that mandate has been lifted yeah. in a couple states already. Um, the dumbest of which I, being I Texas. That,
0: I still don't understand. <laughs> that was crazy. Okay. I don't either.
1: I don't. But uh, they yeah I, I think people if they want to get married and have the the numbers where they want them again not it won't be the visual situation with the masks won't be comfortable for some people but the actual numbers of people I guess at the end of the day I always uh, uh, for some reason always forget the fact that a lot of people have to travel mm-hmm. internationally for weddings and that I, I don't really have a good pulse on of how things right. are changing on the internet everywhere seems to be pretty locked down It seems like they're starting to implement Like, oh, you can come, but you need to prove you're vaccinated type of thing. Or they're, like, literally talking about adding a vaccination for COVID somehow to people's passports in a way that makes it a little more frictionless. But as far as I know, borders are still pretty closed up. Yeah. And so I don't know that weddings are really going to be at full, a full return to how they were until, again, uh, borders are sort of open. Yeah, the
0: latest uh, info from the White House is apparently that Biden says we'll be able to have... Uh, vaccine for every single american that wants one by may sounds awesome if that's the case then i mean uh,
1: yeah that's the the raw number that's like that they're gonna i think i've read they're gonna have actually twice the number needed by middle of summer so they'll have essentially 300 million vaccines made by the end of may but leading up to that there if you are a person who I mean 300 million not every american is right. going to get vaccinated so they're going to reach a point where every person who wants it will have gotten it. will yeah. be able to be vaccinated yes. I think by yeah, like yeah. april yeah
0: maybe mm-hmm. um,
1: but everyone in the US i think actually will be able to have access by yes by yeah a, I, think, I, I think i
0: think that's basically what it is and and like that. that i mean yeah. just that fact right there should be enough incentive for people to well i'm i feel like I am sensing from what I can see online and from the vibe that I'm getting from from people that I you know, interact with, I think people are starting to... For instance, I saw Autobar is opening up uh, with a, a limited capacity, but they're opening again, which is huge because they were kind of one of the earliest casualties of the covid pandemic on baltimore and autobar if you're not familiar is just like one of the most awesome little music venues uh, actually in the country but uh in baltimore specifically you know it was in danger of being shut down a bunch of times because you know it couldn't bring in any live music and that's pretty much all they do there uh so they're opening that up again and i feel like just the sense of that plus plus uh again like the sort of sense i'm getting online is that people are starting to feel like there's light at the end of this tunnel and are planning accordingly. And I don't at this point see a problem with that. I think, I think, I think as long as everyone, I mean, everyone knows how to stay safe. I think at this point, and we're seeing the numbers go down, I I think as long as people kind of keep, you know, keep the next like couple of months (laughs) staying safe and wearing masks, like we could be out of this thing, uh, at least in a, we could we could basically be able to return to something equivalent of normal by this fall, which would be amazing. Yeah, because um, I would love to. Yeah, shoot I think more it weddings. will
1: happen faster than people uh, realize at this point. I think we've routed; it's gone on longer than people thought it would, and I think we'll come out of it yeah. faster than people thought thought we would. Honestly, I, again, not related to mask wearing. I think that'll be probably one of the yeah. last things to kind of go away. Uh, but um, as far as the ability to go places and and do things. Uh,
0: I also yeah, wonder if we're going to start seeing in other countries, you know, how China uh and and a, actually a number of Asian countries, I guess Japan included, like around flu season and whatnot, everyone wears masks everywhere. And I'm wondering if like flu season in America in the future might look different.
1: I don't, think, don't so. think so. Uh maybe. I, I, I would like to see that. I do think travel, people that are on airplanes routinely, and perhaps people when they're personally sick themselves. But I have a hard hard time imagining Americans just because it's December wearing their masks yeah, to the grocery stores right. and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I just don't see it. Uh, and I mean masks are, are miserable. Yeah. Like I forgot to shave before my wedding and oh. I had to wear you know a double masked with an N95 and like I was that was oh. a nine hour wedding. It was just. When I finally got home, I just threw the mask on. The <laughs> <and stopped dying. laughs> I freaking ate this thing. So Ugh. tired of wearing it. Uh, I don't see. I would be curious what the path for Asian countries like. So the reason they're way ahead is, and and more socially sort of, tuned in and okay with wearing masks is because they've dealt with, essentially, I like pandemics and, and outbreaks before. I'm curious how many it took mm. before it did become mm-hmm. like the social norm. There was it. One and everybody was convinced and followed the rules or was it you know the first three or four because this is the first time it's happened in our lifetimes. second time really ever in america yeah i think it would take a few more before you're probably right the default is to have a mask on in the winter or something although i will say it is nice uh for for once yeah yeah wearing a mask even a thin one it's like significant warmth totally
0: uh, bonus in the cold weather my gosh cool well um i'm gonna go
1: what do you got going on? When is your uh, next?
0: Uh, my next, next thing, day? I've actually started doing some audio <laughs> uh, in in addition to some of the the photo stuff,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, mixing? live
0: mixing um, and cool. uh, and some studio stuff. Uh, and it's been really, really kind of nice to get back into into audio. again, it's been really nice to like think about having the possibility of um of some steady mixing work uh, during the week. In addition to some audio or in addition to to photography. Um but other than that, yeah, I've got a shoot uh next week, just a a portrait session. Other than that, I don't really have a wedding coming up for another month or two. Um so yeah, that's that's kinda where I'm at. very slow, but it's honestly this is kind of this is kind of what I was planning for a little bit when we were you know, getting ready to have the the baby was like to actually take time off and
1: not really work. I was gonna say you you guys may have timed it in a l- very lucky yeah. way in terms of like work is still slow, but potentially we've bottomed, we've hit the bottom, and it'll exactly. only ramp up from here. But you're still you're like you have your newborn in a period of time where you know, if, if you had it six months from now, oh you God. might be swamped in, in yeah. work again whilst trying to, and then if you had your baby a year ago, you'd oh, be in, in full panic, panic, panic mode yeah. <laughs> of mm-hmm. like your business on top of trying to like raise your kid. Like, yeah, it would, it's fascinating. You may have, uh, well, may I think that was, just yeah, right. that was
0: definitely who, our, who our goal was to like, not our goal was to not have a kid in like May, um, or like June, because those are, typically like my heaviest like wedding anyway i get a lot of weddings in may and june uh so i was hoping hoping not to have a kid to also deal with during that time like just being born and being like having to like worry about like missing a wedding because i needed to be at my you know daughter's birth versus you know which is something i really didn't want to have to try to to juggle um, cause I didn't want to say no to anybody.
1: Yeah. I was, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I saw Ben speak at his first, uh, first time ever, like mm. five, six years ago. And, and he, he went up there and he was like, he was talking about it, like his, he, his wife was going to give birth anytime in the next two months. And he told all his, all his wedding clients in that window, like, Hey, if I have to miss your wedding, yeah. uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to the
1: birth of my child. And, yeah. I was like, yeah. I guess, and that's, fi- know, that's fine. That's fine. As long, like, as, long you know, as
0: you're in, in wedding yeah. clients all of them i'm sure we're we're totally fine with that uh or at least we're like understanding of it it's been
1: really nice though
0: to like have some time to actually take off and like take and like step back from from photography for a little bit and kind of look at uh you know what it's like to to raise a kid and think about what what i want to do in that regard i don't know it's been interesting
1: awesome i'm sure we'll talk lots more about that um for now, though, no. Oh. All right, signing um,
0: off. Nathan Mitchell, uh, cool.
1: signing off.